Welcome to Spiritual Warfare, How the Devil is Collecting Souls. Hi, my name's Teresa. And hi, my name's Kay. We are going to finish up with, we're reading from the book, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table by Lou Giglio. Take every thought captive. But before we do that, I ran across a very interesting article that Denzel Washington put out. I just thought this was pretty cool. He says, this is spiritual warfare. Denzel Washington declares his faith, warns of selfies and self-love in the last days. Actor Denzel Washington does not mince words when it comes to his faith in God. And in a recent interview with the New York Times, Washington reiterated that he is a God-fearing man while also warning people to not become too self-focused. This is spiritual warfare, so I'm not looking at it from earthly perspective, he said in the interview. If you don't have a spiritual anchor, you'll easily be blown into the wind and you'll be led to depression. A CBN News has reported Washington gave his life to God early on, but it took a few years for him to understand the weight of that decision. The least we can do is consider what we have done and think about the young people, the two-time Academy Award winner actor said. He also recently shared scripture encouraging people not to get too focused on social media. The Bible says in the last days, I don't know if it is the last days, it's not my place to know, but it says we'll be lovers of ourselves, he said. The number one photograph today is a selfie. Oh, me at the protest, me with the fire, follow me, listen to me. We're living in a time where people are willing to do anything to get followed. What's the long or short-term effect of too much information? It's going fast and it can be manipulated, obviously, in a myriad of ways. And people are led like sheep to slaughter, Washington added. His focus has become more heaven-bound. There are going to be two lines, the long line and the short line. And I'm interested in the short line. Three times, I think we'll all go through that. I was filled with the Holy Ghost and it scared me, he said. I didn't want to go this deep. I wanted to party. It was a supernatural once in this lifetime experience that I couldn't completely understand at the time. Now the 64-year-old actor lives out his tenets of faith daily. I'm a God-fearing man, he told New York Times. I try not to worry. Fear is contaminated faith. Washington goes out of his way to help others and encourage them. Actor Corey Hawkins, who plays opposite of Denzel in The Tragedy of Macbeth, told the New York Times the actor prays with him. Sometimes we get talking And you see the preacher in him, he said, he's just a natural born charismatic leader who is not afraid to talk about his own faults or misgivings or shortcomings. Washington has become more outspoken about the pitfalls of social media. During his American Film Institute Life Achievement Award acceptance speech, he warned against the Twitter tweet me me mean world that we've created for our children i just thought that was very interesting Kay, for him to talk about the spiritual realm yeah yeah you know we see some of these movie stars on tv 
And um, it is so cool to hear them talk about God in the spiritual realm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So Miss Kay is going to start us out at Take Every Thought into Captive. I'm a college dropout. Not because I'm not smart, but because when I was 18 years old, I was losing the battle of my mind. The enemy had gained a foothold in my life, and that foothold was called laziness. I could sleep through morning classes like a champ. If there had been an Olympic competition in skipping classes and making excuses, I've had gold medals hanging on the wall. Eventually, the letter arrived from the dean of my program requesting that I, ty- that I kindly take some time off from pursuing my university education. No worries, I thought. I'll enroll at the junior college in town. Not long after, I received a similar notice from them. I had succeeded in failing out of two schools in the same year. Talk about the enemy sitting at your table and eating your lunch. All the while, I still had huge dreams. Through a powerful experience of being called to ministry, I knew God had big plans for my life. I could clearly see my future, but I had lost sight of what it was going to take to get there. I was pumped about eventually going to graduate school for further ministry training. I had lost interest in the undergraduate grind necessary to get there. Once the light bulb came on and I connected the two steps, I had literally took the next exit on the freeway and within an hour was sitting at the same dean's office begging him to let me back into Georgia State. He was gracious and I was awakened to my future plans and what it was going to take to get there. My identity wasn't being a college strikeout. It was called by God to preach his word. I had the capacity to sleep through class for sure, but as I demonstrated, I also had the ability to crush two years worth of classes, crush in the very best way, in a little over one year. I graduated with my original freshman class and enrolled in grad school on schedule. I won the battle of my mind. I woke up every day convinced God was going to accomplish through me all he had called me to do, and I believed I could be who he created me to be. Can you see where you want to be? Okay, that just takes me back to that movie again and what's in my heart. God created us for something. I've had this desire in my heart, but I've been unable to do what I want to do because of money. And now I'm going to trust him to meet my needs so I can work for the kingdom because I want to do it so bad. So bad. You're going to wake up every day believing, right? Right. Convinced that God is going to accomplish through you, Teresa. I'm not only talking about where you want to be in some personal accomplishment, business success, sports endeavor, or financial goal. I'm talking about where you want to be in your soul. I'm talking about being in charge of your thoughts, attitudes, and actions. I'm talking about moving into purpose and living the life God has designed you to live. Perhaps the enemy has convinced you that you can't move from where you are to where you want to be. 
big time K, I struggle with that and I'm not doing it anymore. It does look impossible. How in the world am I going to get all that money per month and do what I want to do? Yes, but not anymore because I know God is powerful. He created the heavens, the earth, the mountains. He parted the Red Sea. Yes, he did. When the blind to see, held the lame to walk. Absolutely. And he's the same God. Has not changed. He has not changed. He does not change. No. And a lot of people think, well, oh, he did that in the Old Testament. That's the only time, you know, he did the miracles. No. He does them today. Yeah. Yes. He does them today. Perhaps the enemy has convinced you that you can't move from where you are to where you want to be. You've listened to the voices of fear. You've been caught in the spiral of sin and temptation. You've convinced yourself you have no value. Your mind is clouded by worry and uncertainty. The enemy has accomplished this by sitting down at your table. But you don't need to let him stay there and get comfortable. You do not have to entertain the enemy's voice. Through Christ... You can move to a place of victory in your life. This happens when you learn to win the battle of your mind. The enemy knows this. One of his main ploys is to go after your thought life. He's patient too. In the Garden of Eden, the serpent didn't shout his temptations to Eve over a loudspeaker. He planted seeds in her mind and waited. He prompted her to question God's goodness. He coaxed her to wonder if God was withholding something good from her. Eventually, Eve relented and let those seeds take root. Eve acted out what she had been thinking about. That's how the enemy works. If he can win the battle for your mind, he can win the battle for your life. In Numbers 13, when Moses dispatched the 12 spies to explore the land of Canaan in preparation for Hebrew conquest, 10 spies returned with a fearful faithless report. We can't attack those people. The ten spies said, shaking in their boots, they are stronger than we are. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. We looked the same to them. Hang on. How did the ten spies know what they looked like in the Canaanites' eyes? Did the spies ask their enemies? Hey, what do you think of us? How small and puny do we look to you? No, a seed had been planted in the spies' minds. They tended the seed and let it grow and acted on it. And as a result, they wandered in the desert for the next 40 years. They never tasted the the promises of God for their lives. It didn't have to be that way. The The wilderness never tasting God's promises for them and not for you. And me today. Victory can be yours. Right here. Right now. Victory is about examining the seeds. That have been scattered in your mind. And not letting them take root. It's about pulling up and throwing away the thoughts. That do not coincide. With the heart of God. It's about changing the way you think. And one prayer helps. In particular. Readiness for the power of prayer. Maybe one of the seeds planted in your mind is doubt. You don't know if any of this teaching is going to work for you. 
You've tried other ways before and none of them worked. So why should this? Or maybe some change will come, but it won't last because it's never lasted before. Already. Kay, why hasn't it lasted? Because we give the enemy a seat at the table and we listen to him. The power of your words. Right then and there, you don't get a seat at my table. You have to do it immediately. Yes. When the enemy attacks you, you do it right then and there. And as soon as you speak over that, it's done. Right. If Say it two or three times if you have to and move on. Already the enemy has influenced your mind. Seeds can be scattered in your mind anytime, anywhere, and particularly when you read a book such as this. Before the truth can set you free, you need to see the lies that are holding you hostage. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you which lies you're believing. Ask him to be specific. Are you having any of the following thoughts? I'll never change. I'll feel better if I sin. The gospel doesn't really work. I'm not worth much. No one loves me. No one believes in me. I deserve to be bitter. I deserve to be filled with rage. I am my failure. I am my addiction. I will always be this way. Again, the power of your words. You speak that negativity into your life. You can sit and wallow in it. Right. Or you can say, nope, you're not getting a seat at my table. Be gone. Um, It is up to you what you want to do. And I'm just going to repeat this. Before the truth can set you free, you need to see the lies that are holding you hostage. What are they again? I'll never change. I'll feel better if I sin. The gospel doesn't really work. I'm not worth much. No one loves me. No one believes in me. I deserve to be bitter. I deserve to be filled with rage. I am my failure. I am my addiction. I'll always be this way. He's got you if you listen to that. Yes. Yes. Under his thumb is how I see that. He wants to keep you under his thumb. And one second you can change it. Literally, the power of your mind. It's in your mind. Don't be too tired. And I'm guilty of that. I don't want to fight, so I just sit there. Yeah. And I wallow in self-pity. Or I cry and say, why me, God? Yeah. When I could just turn around and say, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Boom, done, gone. Thoughts gone. Right. And you can literally get rid of it that quick. I've done it before. But sometimes, I don't know, maybe we want to feel sorry for ourselves. Yeah, and that's, yes. To feel sorry for ourselves, right? Right. You know? If you want yeah. to for a half hour, fine. Get over it. Feel sorry yeah. for yourself. And then say, yeah, no. Yes. yes. Um, I remember Mama Lou, a mother of a good friend of mine. This is a saying that she had. When life was going tough and we wanted to have pity parties, she would tell us you get five minutes and then it's done. And it's that's the way it should be. You should be able to sit there and, why me, God? Oh, come on. She says, I don't want to hear about it. You know, five minutes and that's the end and you pick yourself up and you carry on. 
I will never forget that. That is fantastic. And it's true. Why wallow and be miserable? So none of those thoughts came from God, Jesus Christ, the good shepherd of John 10 and Psalm 23, did not tell you that you're a failure. He doesn't prompt you to worry. He doesn't provoke you to fear. He provides clarity, not chaos. He doesn't stick your nose in the vomit of sin. He provides green pastures, not dry wastelands. If any is the, if any of these things are in your life, fear, worry, temptation, feeling the worthlessness, feelings of confusion, guess what? The enemy has shown up and dropped a seed in your thinking. He knows that if he can lodge a deceptive thought in your mind that goes unchecked, it will eventually take root and settle in your heart. If you harbor a deceptive thought and let it take up residence within you in time, you'll act on that thought. Maybe you're saying, what's the big deal? It's just a thought. Nobody sees it except me. It's harmless. No. All the thoughts we entertain in our minds eventually get played out. Either our attitudes will reflect those deceptive thoughts or our behaviors will. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. From Proverbs 23, 7. One way or another, those thoughts will harm us. That's why it's so important, as we talked about in the last few chapters, for you to step into your new identity in Christ immediately. Jesus is already in the story of victory. He has invited you into a story with him. The way you step into that story is being is by being reminded yourself of these truths. I was a sinner, saved by grace, who is now a new creation. I do not have to sin. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. Christ has all victory, and his victory is mine too. God is always faithful. He will always provide a way out. I can always take the way out. If you ask God, it's so amazing to watch him work and the things that he will do. Yeah. It truly blows my mind. For the asking. Yeah. it's it, He is sitting there waiting. A- actually, just picture all of heaven. You have all these angels sitting up there waiting. Waiting for you to call them down. Like an audience of angels? Yes, vision, well, vision it's, it that way. Vision it, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's. They're all up there looking down, waiting. Like, say the word, and we're there. Father, release the heavens on my behalf. Go before me. Make your way known to me, and He will do that. Use the power of the words. As His children, we have those rights. That's what's so cool. We have the power of the heavens at our disposal. Use it. He is for us. He is not against us. Even when we do wrong, he's still for us. He is still for us. Yes. Someone, um, one of um, Dr. David Jeremiah's messages that I uh, have found myself so drawn to and helps me in the mornings of my starting up my day at 6.30 in the morning. And he talked about recently as we're, you know, going into this new year and 
it's been tough the last couple years for so many people with all of the chaos and everything going on. But he was talking about that, you know that you are a child of God when you do sin and the conviction, the conviction comes quick. Okay, and it draws you to your knees quickly. As it should be. Right, and it makes you feel ill, and it makes you feel... Which is a good thing because yeah. you don't want to get your let your heart get hardened and you go out there and you continue to sin and you don't care. He said so. You know, he goes, keep that in account. You know, that um, that's a good sign. You may not think it feels so good at the moment. But it is a good sign. But it is a good sign. Mm-hmm. If your heart is so pricked that you can't mm-hmm. stand yourself. Well, just remember, Satan... Wants to kill you. It's just right. point blank. He wants your soul. Period. Right. He doesn't want you to think that God can forgive you. He doesn't want you to think that you can go before him. You can go before the audience of angels and have a conversation with him. He really already knows how you feel inside. He already knows that you were going to do what you did. But as a father is to a child... That's how we are to him. He's just waiting for us to come and and ask for help and confess Ab- and right? confess, confess right. and yep, ask ask for help. Absolutely, not lie to ourselves. Like it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, to him it, it is a big deal, just like it would be to our earthly father. Absolutely. Well, Kay, thank you for <clears throat> going through. Take every thought captive. That was a powerful message. And just us as children, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Boom. Done. Amen. Amen. It can be so easy. Yeah. And if you're going through something tough, go ahead and cry. Get it out. Get mad. Do whatever you need to do. And like Mama who? Mama Lou. Mama Lou. Like Mama Lou said, you got five minutes. <laughs> Get up, praise the Lord, and say, hey, what do you want me to do with this? Yeah. It's just that. Yeah. Get up and say, Satan behind me. And then That's ask right. God, what do you want me to do? What do you this? want me to do? And just remember, you can literally call the heavens down. I love that. I do it. Yeah. I really do. I think it's the coolest thing ever. You have an angel assigned to you. Again, watch the movie Divination. That will give you a picture. It will show you the spiritual realm, God protecting you, and then the demons trying to make you fall and take you and whispering in your ears all of this stuff, hoping that you will... Well, listen, and when I saw that demon-possessed woman, they were not backing down. Not at all. And they knew, they know they're losers. They literally know that. They don't back down. So we thank you for joining us again today. Just uh, counting it as a blessing and hoping that us sharing with you will... Inspire you to use the power of the words that God gave you to Amen. to stomp on the enemy's head, literally. You see those pictures. The angel is just stomping the enemy's head, and you can do that. 
don't give the enemy a seat at your table. See you next week. Bye now.